Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. But I'm coming from Leviticus chapter 20. Verses 7 and 8. Look over at your neighbor and tell them Leviticus is a book in the Bible. (laughs) You can read it. (laughs) There's still good stuff in it. Come on. Here we go. I heard some of y'all stay away from that book. (laughs) Oh, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So verse 7 and 8. We're going to read just two verses this morning as we start out. The Bible says this. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am Jehovah mm, Kadesh. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would anoint me to preach and teach this word that you have placed in my heart that you have given me in my time of study and preparation this week. God, help me to articulate it to the people this morning and may the seed of the word fall on their hearts and produce a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. So, as you can tell, that is the name that we are going over and studying today. It is Jehovah mm, Kadesh. Touch your neighbor and go, mm, not M. <laughs> That's actually how you pronounce it is Jehovah mm, Kadesh, but it looks like M Kadesh there. And you'll probably hear me say M Kadesh today because it's just easier. And when I get to preaching, I'll probably say M Kadesh, but that's what it actually is, is, is M Kadesh. And so for our guests who are visiting today, Uh, We are in our series, Let's Get to Know Him, and we have been studying out the names of God over the last several weeks. We're in part five, so I've actually been in this five weeks now. And when you look at the names of God all throughout Scripture, they teach you about God's character, amen? They teach you about who He is and what He's done. They, They show you things about the Lord, amen? Has this series blessed anybody so far that's been coming to this? Amen. I hope it's blessed you. I spent a lot of time studying and doing these things, and so I I pray that it is blessing you. Um, But as I said a second ago, the names of God reveal to us the character of God. This whole series is based on John chapter 17 and verse 3 that says, To know God is eternal life. To know God and Jesus Christ, His Son, whom He has sent, is eternal life. Amen. And so last week we went on this journey uh, studying out the name of Jehovah Sitkanu, which means God our righteousness. And last week's points was number one, that God did it. Amen. Touch your neighbor and tell them God did it. So you didn't have to. Number two was God did it and it didn't have anything to do with you. Come on, somebody. God did it. It didn't have nothing to do with you. You can't know him as Jehovah Sit Canoe until you know your sin and you know your need for a savior. Amen. Come on. Number four was we talked about mistakes, errors, and faults and the difference in all of them, but they're still all sin. Amen. And number five, we talked about weaknesses and how they actually show us our need 
for Jehovah Sitkanu. You have a weakness. I don't know if you knew that or not. Just like I have a weakness. Amen. You need to know and recognize that you have weaknesses, but let your weaknesses become an opportunity for God to become strong. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So here we go with Jehovah Kadesh, which means this. The Lord who sanctifies you or the Lord of sanctification, the God who is he is the God who is sanctified. So therefore, he is going to sanctify you in order to understand what he's saying here. We will need to understand what sanctify means. That's a church word, right? How many of you say that word all throughout your vocabulary in the week? Don't lie to me in here. Yeah, all right. So sanctify means this. It means to make clean, to purify, to make holy, to separate, to make consecrated, to set apart or to make sacred. So he tells them here in Leviticus 20 when he is giving them the law. By the way, that's why we were joking about Leviticus. Leviticus is the law that was given to the children of Israel. This is the rules that they were needing to obey to be made right with God. This is all just a foreshadow of trying to understand that God was going to have to fix it. Your, the, the Levitical law, it just shows you that you've got stuff going on. It shows you that you have sin and it was going to take God to fix it. Come on, somebody. So uh, he tells them in Leviticus 20, when he's giving them the law, he says, I need you to be different on the account of me because I'm different and you represent me. Maybe I need to say that again. He said, I need y'all to be different because you represent me. I need you to be different than everybody and everything else around you on the account of me because you represent me. I have handpicked you. I have chosen you. To represent me in the earth as the nation of Israel and to represent, I'm going to give you my commands. I'm going to teach you about myself. I'm going to teach y'all first and then it's going to be y'all's job to go out into the world and teach them. By the way, the, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, it's a foreshadow of the church today. It's a foreshadow of the church today. The Bible says in Romans 11 that you were grafted into Israel. You were grafted in, amen, on the account of your faith. So he's saying, I don't want you acting like the Egyptians where you're coming from. And I don't want you acting like the Canaanites where I'm sending you. I, I don't want you acting like where you've been. And I don't want you acting like where you're going. I don't want you acting like all those folks around you. He says, I need you to come out and be ye separate. That's what he's saying. I am separate and holy. Therefore, my requirement of you is to do the same. He says in this verse, sanctify yourselves and be holy for I am holy. So he's saying, sanctify yourselves, become different by listening and obeying what I instruct you to do. And in return, you will become different from everybody else around you. And then watch this at the end. He says, because I'm Jehovah, Jehovah M. Kadesh. I'm going to be the one who enables you to do that. When you follow my word, it makes you holy. When you follow my word, it makes you different. So I'm Jehovah M. Kadesh. I'm holy and I'm going to make you holy. Jehovah M. Kadesh is a name that truly expresses the character of Jehovah and his requirements for his people. The word Kadesh appears 700 times in the Bible as is translated in the Eng and it's translated in the English as dedicate, consecrate, 
sanctuary, hollow, and holy. Y'all still with me? Let me teach for a second. I'll get to spitting in a minute. But holy is the most accurate translation of this word, and it means to be set apart, and it means to be different. It is used the first time in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3 when God says that the Sabbath should be holy, meaning it was to be treated differently than every other day of the week. This term was used in the setting apart of things all throughout the scriptures. It was set apart seasons and times, meaning the feast, the fast, the Sabbath, jubilees, days of atonement. Those were all the holy days. It was this word was used to set apart and consecrate those things, meaning they were supposed to be different than the other days out of the year. Places were that word Kadesh was used, the camp of Israel, Mount Zion, the city of Jerusalem, the altar, the tabernacle, the temple, etc. They this word was used when God separated persons. Talking about Jeremiah was somebody when he says, I knew you in your mother's room. I've called you uh, to be a prophet to the nations before you were even born, right? Uh, obviously, Jesus is that too. The firstborn sons of Israel were to be consecrated, set apart, set aside. The high priest, the Levitical high priesthood of Aaron. Amen. So we understand that this word was used for seasons and times, places and people. First point I just want to mention here is that the God that you and I serve, he is holy. Let me say it over here. The God that you and I serve, he is holy. He is distinct. He is different. There is nothing in the universe that's like him because he spoke this thing into existence. Come on. That's why when the angels get to flying around his throne, they say, holy, 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 and it never gets old. Every time they fly around that throne, they see an attribute of God they didn't see before. He's holy. He's different. He's distinct. He, he is good. He is faithful. He is different than anything in the universe because he is the one who created it all. He, he is different. He is holy. He is consecrated. He is perfect. He is good. Distinction and difference. To the God who is all power, who has all power and might, it is holiness that brings balance to who he is. Oh, y'all better pay attention to that. I know that might be a little bit deep, but, but listen to me this morning. God, his holiness is what brings balance to who he is. Did y'all catch the beginning of that sentence too? Let me, let me just repeat. To the God who has all power and all might, it is his holiness that brings balance to who he is. There was a Scottish theologian. He writes it like this. He says, it is the balance of all the attributes of his deity. Because watch this. Power without holiness would degenerate into cruelty. Omniscience without holiness would become a craft. Justice without holiness would degenerate into revenge. And goodness without holiness would be passionate and intemperate fondness doing mischief rather than accomplishing good. It is holiness which gives God the grandeur and majesty and more than anything else constitutes his fullness and perfection. Your God is holy and your God is perfect. 
So the second thing I want to tell you is this, is that because he did it, you are. Because he did it, you are. This is what we call personal sanctification. Because of your faith and tr- or positional, excuse me. This is what we call positional sanctification. This is what we call positional sanctification. Because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are positionally sanctified with God. Y'all are real quiet in here. Because of what God has done and you put in your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ positionally, he has made you right with him no matter what you did yesterday. Oh, y'all ought to. Uh, uh, let me just give you some scriptures. Ho- hold on a second. God establishes our holiness before him through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus died once and for all that we might be sanctified from sin. Positional sanctification is a completed work of grace that is accepted by faith when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus takes our sin upon himself and gives us his righteousness. Because of Christ's righteousness, we are acceptable and we are blameless before the Lord. We are set apart as a as holy for the service of the Lord. As Aaron and the priesthood were anointed by oil and consecrated for the service of God in the tabernacle. Followers of Jesus are anointed by the blood. Touch your neighbor and tell them the blood. You are anointed by the blood of Christ and set apart to serve God in the world. Let me read you some scriptures and then I'm going to lose my mind. For if the blood, Hebrews 9, 13 and 14 says this, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of a defiled person with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience of dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 10.10 says this, And by that we we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, what? Once and for all. Hebrews 10 and 14 says this, For by a single offering he has perfected for all of time those who are being sanctified. Hebrews 10.29, How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified as has outraged the spirit of grace. Hebrews 13 and 12 says this, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. So Hebrews uh, or 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, And because of him uh, you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom for God uh, from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Oh, you want some more scriptures? Hold on. First Corinthians six and verse 11 says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of God. Second Corinthians 521 says that for our sake, he made him who knew no sin become sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Remember what I told you last week. Come on, somebody. God did it. 
God did it so you didn't have to do it. Jesus went and got on the cross so you didn't have to do it. So positionally with God, you have been made clean. You have been made holy. Positionally, God has sanctified you and set you apart. In the eyes of the Father, you are holy, you are blameless, and you are righteous is what Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 says. Because God did it, you can become it. Because God did it, you are it. Y'all ain't getting it. Because God did it, you are it. Because God sanctified you, you are holy. Because he did it, you are holy. Because he did it, you are sanctified. You're set apart. Your spirit, it's your real identity. It's who you are. It's who you were created to be. It's why he saved you. It's to make you different so that you can impact the world around you. See, you can't impact things that you're just like. You can't impact things that you're, it takes holiness and godliness for you to make a difference in the world. Godliness. You do understand what that means, right? Godliness. God-likeness. Peter says it like this. Do you know that the Bible says that you share in the divine nature of God? That you have the ability to participate in the divine nature of God, meaning that you are like him, you love like him, you forgive like him, you walk in compassion like him, you walk like him, you talk like him, you're called a Christian. You understand what that means? Little Christ-like one. Come on, you're holy, you're set apart, you are sanctified like him. Let me say it like this. You can never become what's not in you. You can never become something that's not in you. Because it's a law that God decreed in Genesis chapter 1 that a seed will produce after its own kind. Your life is a seed. Your life is a seed in the hands of God. God says a seed can only produce after its own kind. He says it like this elsewhere. It's not what, uh, what goes into a man that defiles him, but it is what comes out of a man that defiles him. So what's in you, what comes out? Let me give you a practical example here. If I wanted to be a lawyer or I wanted to be a good lawyer, I've got to read books. I've got to study law. Um, and I've got to get those things on the inside of me so that I will become good at the thing that I am trying to develop and do. By doing this, uh, I'm not, uh, uh, let me say it like this. If I want to be a good lawyer, I've got to read books and study law and get them in me so that I can do what I'm supposed to do and know what I'm supposed to know. By doing this, by doing this, I wouldn't be doing law, but I would become a lawyer. <laughs> you, you can't do law, but you can become a lawyer if you put that stuff on the inside of you. You can't become something that isn't in you. Well, what are you trying to say, Pastor? Mm. I'm trying to tell you that sanctification is an inside job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all will get it in a minute. <laughs> sanctification is an inside job because what happens with sanctification is that because he's Jehovah's sit canoe and he's made you righteous, 
because he is Jehovah M. Kadesh, M. Kadesh and he has sanctified you. He sanctified your spirit. He sanctified your inner man. So that means that it's an inside job. Come on. You want to know what the definition of an inside job? You ever heard that terminology before? It's somebody who on the inside has given an advantage to someone. It's somebody on the inside who has given an advantage to somebody else, right? And this is exactly what God has done with you in our righteousness and our sanctification. Because he did it, he's placed it on the inside of you. And because he's placed it on the inside of you and he calls you that and he sees you that and he's made you that, you will one day be able to produce holiness and righteousness and, and because you already are it. It's already on the inside of you. It's actually who you are. It's an inside job of God because he's the one that did it. Because he's the one that did it, now you are it. And since you are it, you can become it. It's an inside job because of what Jesus has done. Come on. Because it's already finished. Because he's Jehovah Sidkenu. Because he's Jehovah M. Kadesh. Because he's the Lord, your righteousness. Because he's the Lord, your sanctification. Because he's the Lord, your sanctification. He's made your inner man. He's made your spirit. No, uh, you know, that your spirit is something that is eternal. The, the things that you see are temporal, but the things that you can't see are eternal. So the things of the spirit are eternal. He's made your spirit right with God. He's made your spirit right with God. He's made your spirit righteous. He's made your spirit clean. He's made your inner man, your spirit clean. He has sanctified your spirit. He has made your spirit holy. And then he also placed his spirit on the inside of you. He's made your spirit different and he has set your spirit apart. Because of this, it's an inside job. And now that your spirit and your inner man is clean, the outside of the cup and dish has the possibility to get clean. I'm preaching way better than y'all are shouting. Because the inner man, the inside job that God has done on the inside of your heart and your spirit, you can now have the outside of the cup and dish be made clean too. That's what G he, Jesus gets mad one day and he rebuked. Y'all go read Matthew 23 when you leave church today. And Jesus, it's called the seven woes. He, he looks at the disciples and he starts rebuking them hardcore. You Pharisees, you're, you're, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're, you're, you think you're clean on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. You swallow a gnat and spit out a camel. I mean, he, he just rips into them. And why does he get so mad and rips into? I mean, it's a righteous indignation, y'all. Like Jesus goes off. And we get mad when pastors yell. <laughs> he, he snaps. Why? Because he's more worried about the inside than the outside because if he can get the inside cleaned up, the outside will just follow suit. This is what happens when a movie or a song comes on that starts talking crazy and you hear it and you go, ooh, ooh, I got I to change that. 
I I don't need to watch that. I don't need to participate in that. I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to watch that. I don't need to participate in that. That is the inner working of sanctification and the finished work of what Jesus has done in your spirit that is trying to get you to listen because if your spirit will take control of your life, you can stop walking in the flesh and walking in the lust. There's scripture for that too. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But that's going to take you listening and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come on. Main key number three here. Watch this. Because he made you that way, now you can become that way. Because he made you that way. Because he said it. Because he established it. When you give your heart and life to Jesus, your spirit is sanctified immediately when you get born again. Because he made you that way, now you can come it. So we talked about positional sanctification. Now here we're going to get into personal sanctification. Becoming sanctified from sin and purging it out of your life because of the inside job that has already took place. Y'all remember from the initial text, he says, he says, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves. Come out, be separate, be holy. Sanctify yourselves for I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. Now, when we talk about sanctification, it's, oh yeah, y'all all right? When we talk about sanctification, it's an inside job, so God has done it, but you still got some stuff to do too. God makes you righteous. Jehovah's sick new brings the righteousness to you, meaning you're in right standing with God. But when you talk about sanctification, Uh, you have something to do with it as well. But the initiator is God, but you still got to listen to God. Come on. So as we grow in godliness in our lives, we look different from the prevailing culture. We conform to God's, we conform to God's ethical standard for our lives by submitting to the Holy Spirit. There it is. I said it last week, you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. God purifies us from sin and sets us apart from the world so that we might honor him through faith and obedience. Touch a neighbor and tell him the Holy Ghost made me do it. Come on, the Holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Ghost made me do it. Come on. The devil didn't make you do it. We got to stop repeating those words. What if we just started looking at each other and said the Holy Ghost made me do it? Come on, watch this. 1 John 3, 1 through 3, see what kind of love that the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And here it is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself as he is pure. 1 Peter 14 through 16. I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures again today because y'all going to believe me after this sermon. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, be holy in all your conduct since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Peter is repeating Leviticus 20 verses 7 and 8. He says, be holy as I am holy. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared 
bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope. We sung that a second, the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body, holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. He's talking about the world there. This ain't about race. He's talking about people that don't know God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of our God. Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Can I, you are in a war in your own life. You're in a war for your own life. You're in a battle. Stop letting your guard down. When you let your guard down, Hayden, if, I might need to switch to the mic. If you let your guard down, you're going to end up getting whooped. Why? Because you're in a fight. You are in a fight. Can I get the mic, please? the house mic okay all right we'll give it one more try when i come unmute there i go okay so let's finish reading now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality adultery sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries uh, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before, do no such things or you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. There is no law. And those who belong, watch this, here we go. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. What is the Bible trying to teach us here, Pastor? What are you trying to say, Pastor? Break this thing down for me. This is what we call personal sanctification. Because it's an inside job, because of the finished work that God has done to your spirit, you don't have to do it, just become it. 
Mm. You don't have to do it, just become it. Can I just say this? Stop trying to do holiness. You'll wear yourself out. Come on, just stop trying to be a good little boy and a good little girl and trying to do holiness. No, you need to get a real revelation in your spirit that God calls you and he's made your spirit holy. And if you'll listen to his spirit and listen to your spirit, then you can walk out holiness. Do you understand? That's why some of y'all was in the world or you, you've given your life to Christ and then you've taken some steps back and you go into the world and you're in rooms you're not supposed to be in. And let me go one step further. You're in beds you're not supposed to be in. And then you're sitting there after everything is done and you're thinking, I I'm not supposed to be here. There's something on the inside of me that is pulling me, that's telling me to get out of here. What in the world am I doing? I'm telling you it's an inside job. And because your spirit has been sanctified, you can't stay in your mess. You don't fit in in the world anymore. It ain't going to work out, boo-boo. You need to get your bags and you need to get back to the church house. It it ain't going to work. Sin ain't going to be fun anymore. The Bible says that sin is fun for a season, but when you go back into it, it ain't fun no more once you've tasted his goodness and you've tasted and seen that he's good and you've tasted of the of the Holy Spirit. You've seen his word. You've encountered his spirit. You've encountered who he is. You just can't go back. And if you go back, you're going to be tormented until you get your butt acting back right. <laughs> Oh, I got to go. Come on, because of what he's done on the inside of you, the outside can begin to match up. Come on, your speech, your actions, your patterns, your habits all can become holy and beaten into submission. Come on, Paul says it like this. He says, I don't shadow box. Come on, I'm not punching for no reason. I'm not out here training for no reason. I run this race, what? According to the rules. Come on, and he says it like that. He says, I beat my flesh into submission that way less I preach I become disqualified come on some of us got to get back in the ring with this thing called life and begin to fight and stop shadow boxing but start training and beating and your flesh into submission and saying no I'm not going to walk in my flesh I'm going to walk by the spirit of God I'm going to listen to the spirit of God I'm going I'm going to listen to my spirit that's telling me that I need to get up out of here. I need to do this different. God has paid a high enough price for you to be removed from living according to the flesh and paid for you to walk according to the spirit. Paid for you to walk according to the spirit. Come on, because he's holy, because he gave you the Holy Spirit. Because he made your spirit holy, clean, and sanctified, your life can become it too. I told you earlier, it's an inside job. Because of what he's done, you can become it. Because it's finished, you can become it. Now watch this. Sanctification is both instant and progressive (laughs) sanctification is both instant and progressive some of you Pentecostal folks will know what I'm talking about but there are some denominations that teach there is no such thing as progressive sanctification that you go to an altar and one day you get saved 
And then you go back to an altar one day later and you get sanctified. Meaning that your flesh no longer sins and you no longer want to sin. I have disproved that doctrine plenty of times. <laughs> hey, let me help you. You have disproved that doctrine many a times. Some of us, we get up from the altar and there that thought went right back in our head. But you've got to do it. You got to take it captive by the word of God and beat it into submission and make it obedient unto Christ. That's what first Corinthians says. He says, take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. If I wanted to take somebody captive in here, I'm going to need a weapon. If I want to kidnap you and I say, hey, hop in my trunk real quick. I'm going to take you down the road. I'm murder you. I'm going to kill you. You're not getting in the trunk. But if I have a gun or I have a a knife or whatever, I could take you captive, right? You can't take the thoughts captive without a weapon. And the sword of the spirit is your weapon. That's your Bible. You got to know it or you or, or you can't take the thoughts captive. So they teach that they're both instant. In an instant, you get saved. In an instant, you get sanctified spiritually and your flesh gets sanctified and you never want to sin anymore. Shoo. Like I told you, I've destroyed that doctrine. You've destroyed that doctrine. Here, let me let the Bible destroy it real quick. Watch this. Um, Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would be no longer enslaved to sin. Romans 6, 19. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification leading to sanctification for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed that is something that happens over time with you being the clay and him being the potter and him shaping you and molding you into being the husband into being the wife into being the mother into being the father that he has created you to be before the beginning of time amen philippians 2 12 through 13, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Watch this. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you and wills to do work for his good pleasure. (laughs) He's the one getting you to do all the good things that you're doing. You didn't come up with this stuff on your own. Titus 3, 5. He saved us not because of works done in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by washing and regeneration of the renewal of the Holy Spirit. As long as your spirit is wrapped in flesh and has this corruptible body that we have until Jesus returns, you, my friends, are going to deal with temptation and sin. Y'all understand what I'm telling you, right? Until Jesus returns, you are going to have to face temptation and sin. But it's going to take you knowing who you are for you to ever overcome that stuff. Your spirit is instantly born again and made right with God. But over time, by yielding to the Holy Spirit and submitting to the Holy Spirit, your flesh can actually become sanctified. Let me put it like this. You won't be sinless, but you can sin less. 
You'll never be sinless, but you can sin less. That's what sanctification of this body means. That because of the inside job that God has done, and you got the Holy Spirit, you've got your spirit that's been born again, awakened and come to life. If you listen to those two voices on the inside of you, like you can actually overcome sin. You, you won't be sinless, but you can sin less. Amen. That is progressive. It will happen over time as you learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the things that the voice of the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, you won't let the crowd change you, but you'll go in and change the crowd. You'll look different. You'll talk different. You will act different. You'll become set apart for good works. You'll be sanctified and clean. A vessel who is able to be used for honorable use. Fifth point right here. I'm almost done. You know that the Bible says that you're sanctified for service. That you have been sanctified for service in the kingdom of God. These Bible verses help us understand that God has a, has a consecrated people for himself to honor him. Just as Israel was set apart from all the other nations and a special possession to him, so has the church been set apart for the world to do set apart from the world to do good works for him. Deuteronomy 7 and 6 says this for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people that is a treasured possession out of all the peoples of the earth. Leviticus 22, 3 through uh, 31 and 33. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord and you not sh shall not profane my holy name that I may be what? Sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am Jehovah. Uh, I am Jehovah M. Kadesh who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of the Egyptians. John 17, 15 through 19. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into this world, so I have sent them into this world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified through the truth. Acts 13, 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me. Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to do. Second Timothy 2.21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master for the house, ready for every good work. First Peter 2.9, but you're a chosen race. You are of a royal priesthood you're a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light God has set you apart for service in the kingdom he has set you apart. He wants you consecrated. He wants you holy because he's made you that way. Now he just needs you to begin to live that way because he has something for you to accomplish in the kingdom of God. Each and every one of you. This ain't just for people with microphones. This ain't just for people on stages. 
This is for each and every one of you that God says, I want to sanctify you. I want to set you apart because you're my own possession. You're my people. You're of a royal priesthood. You're different. You're, you're consecrated. You're set apart because you have something to accomplish for the kingdom of God. If y'all are missing Wednesdays, get to church. We're actually doing a whole Bible study on this right now about uh, your calling in the workplace about being in the workplace and what that looks like and, and, and the fact that your career is your calling. And you have people to reach there. You have things to do there. You have things to accomplish there. There's a kingdom assignment on you there and not just here. You've been called to the marketplace. Caleb, come help me play a little something on the keys, please. God has set you apart. He's consecrated you. He sanctified you for the works of the ministry. He's consecrated you. He sanctified you. He has set you apart for your career. He has placed the dreams and the visions and the goals and the things that you want to accomplish in you so that he can use you. Did y'all catch that verse too in, in Timothy? It talks about this, that the, there's vessels for honorable use and dishonorable use. And he goes into the whole kitchenware thing. But, but do you understand what gets you equipped and what qualifies you for honorable use is sanctification and holiness, which is available to everyone. I, I've noticed this in the kingdom of God that a lot of people look at folks in ministry or pastors or 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 the fivefold or whatever and, and they look at them and and they they mm. and they want what they have but they're not willing to live like they live. When you talk about honorable use, which is available to you, oh, you want some more scripture? Because he's no respecter of persons. It's available to you, but, but are you willing to consecrate yourself? Are you willing to separate yourself from everybody? Are you willing to be on an island in the break room? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you willing to be on an island on the assembly line? Are, are you willing to be on an island in your company knowing that you're the only one there that's really trying to serve God and you, you want to be different than everybody else around you because you understand him and know him as Jehovah M. Kadesh. He, he's the God who sanctified you. He's made your spirit right with him. And now he wants you to display that to the world around you. You understand that as a Christian that people are looking at your life. When people are looking at your life, they're looking for two reasons. The number one is, is that they're looking at your life 
because they want to try to discredit it. They're looking for a reason to try to discredit what you say that you have. I'm trying to tell you that they're watching. Because we talk about holiness, but do we walk in it? And the other person is this. Watch this. The other person is this. It's the person that's watching and looking at your life, wondering if what you say you really have is real because they want it. They're looking at your life to say, I got to have that. I, I, I hope it really is true because something's got to change. Because I want to be different. I want peace. I want love. I want joy. I want kindness. I want goodness. I want meekness. I want gentleness. I want, I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit on my life. Watch this. Last thing here. You are sanctified for eternal life. understand that God is infatuated with you. That God really does love you. That God is so obsessed with you, he knows the numbers of the hairs on your head. That, that is an obsession to me. I love my wife and all, but I ain't counting all that hair. <laughs> He's obsessed with us, his creation, his kids. How, how, most of us are parents in the room. Are, are we not like just obsessed with our kids? We love them so much. We're obsessed with them. All right, I don't know about y'all, but I, I am. I love my kids. I love my children. I'm obsessed with them. I think about them all the time. I think about their future. I think about their plans. I think I, I want to see them be successful. I want, I want good things for them. And you understand that that's how your father thinks of you. That's how God thinks of you. He has sanctified you. He did this finished work. He actually did it before the foundation of the world because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So God fixed it before it ever was broke. He fixed it before it was ever broke. And he sanctified you for eternal life. This work of sanctification positionally, I've circled all the way back around to the positional part. It's so that you can be with God forever? Think about that. God sanctified your spirit so that you could be with Him forever. Romans 3.23, watch this. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. God did all of this stuff in the scriptures so that you could be with him forever. Sanctification for eternal life. Bow your heads with me this morning. I want to ask if there's anybody in the room today 
that says, I heard what you just said there, Pastor, and I don't know that my spirit has been sanctified yet. I haven't called upon the name and the Lord Jesus, repented of my sins and given him my life. And I want to do that right now. I want my spirit to be sanctified so that my life can become sanctified. I want my today to become sanctified so that my tomorrow can become holy. Come on, if there's anybody in the room that says, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus today, just lift your hand where you're at. Is there anybody today in the house that says, I need to get right with the Lord? I want to give my life to Jesus. One hand, I see one there. Two. Come on, you want to give your heart and your life to Jesus. Three. Four. Anybody else that says, I want my spirit to be sanctified today, to be made right with God. Jehovah, M. Kadesh. Come on, as the family of God, I want everybody in this room to repeat this prayer after me and say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe in your son, Jesus. I call upon his name. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins and I give you my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and power. Thank you, Father, for sanctifying my spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would sanctify my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give a hand clap offering and lose our mind for just a second? Over four people that gave their heart and life to Jesus today. God, we worship you and we thank you, Lord. You're good, Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies us and sets us apart and makes us new and sets us free. Lord, you sanctified our spirits. Now help us sanctify our lives. Help us to walk in the Spirit, God, that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've already done and accomplished, God. For everything that you've done and accomplished, Jehovah M. Kadesh, we thank you for the sanctification of our souls. Lord, let us walk holy lives before you. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvashebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.